Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. That is right. Friday is here and it feels so good. Not just because we're all about to crack in or if we haven't already... Crack into some of that funky booty, either the hard seltzer or the beers. Ah, oh, so good. But on the way, going to play some reggae music to make you feel good on this Friday. Plus, it's Friday, and I've got some great content for you. On the way, the Joe Rose Show, going to be talking to ESPN's Jeff Darlington. They are going to be, of course, remembering the late, great Don Shula, who actually had his funeral services for family and close friends about a block away from where I live in North Beach earlier today. I was walking to my car. I noticed what was going on. I remembered one Christmas, Don Shula did go to church there, and they always talked about him in the announcements. And then I looked it up. Yes, St. Joseph Church up on Byron in North Beach, Miami, had his funeral. So I paid my respect, gave a sign of the cross, nodded my head, bowed my head, and just kind of thought about the greatness that was Don Shula. So we'll relive that with the Joe Rose Show and Jeff Darlington. And then the Dan Levitard Show, going to be talking to area tough guy, Jorge Masvidal, Hawk and Crowder. They're all about the NFL schedules, especially what's brewing for the Dolphins. What's brewing for you right now? Some headlines. The NFL released schedules yesterday. The Dolphins start the season in New England September 13th. Their home opener is the following Sunday against the Bills. UFC 249 will take place tomorrow night at 10 in Jacksonville in front of no fans. The Heat have pushed back the start of individual workouts at American Airlines Arena from Monday to Wednesday. No reason for the delay was given. The NCAA says Kansas's basketball program committed egregious and severe violations. Head coach Bill Self could face a one-season suspension. The Dolphins have signed fifth-round pick Jason Strobridge. The defensive end was a four-year starter at North Carolina. Miami still has nine draftees left to sign. The NHL has canceled all games outside the U.S. and Canada in 2020. No word on if or when the season will resume. And now, it is a Friday. We all deserve it. Let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> Police in the Netherlands recently responded to calls of a loose camel only to find a roaming emu. Did they ever stop to see if they were actually just in an area zoo? An Iowa man was surprised to receive a postcard the other day that was actually mailed to him some 33 years ago. Naturally, the Postal Service blamed coronavirus for the delay. Okay. 
A woman recently crashed her ex's wedding and revealed to the bride that she is carrying the groom's baby. There's a thunder stealer at every wedding. A Cocoa Beach lizard died of constipation with a record 80% of its body full of unpassable poop. Florida lizard. A Lake County woman was caught by a young child while she was pleasuring herself during a FaceTime conversation with her boyfriend. Ah, Florida woman. Happy endings for everyone in the day spa. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, cloudy with temperatures around 70. It is a feel-good Friday, so we are going to feel good with the Joe Rose Show. They're the best way to get your day started feeling good. They are on from 6 to 10 weekdays right here on 560 The Joe. They caught up with ESPN's Jeff Darlington talking about the legend of Zelda, plus other legends, party legends at that. NFL scheduling, beast in the AFC East, and Shula stories to tell and Shula stories to not tell. Jeff Darlington going to join us right now. And I did a little research with Jeff yesterday, Joe. Legend of Zelda is top on the Nintendo list. Thank goodness for that. Otherwise, I would have had problems with Jeff this morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? We got to have Zelda up there. The gold the gold cartridge is just special. Right. It is. Joe doesn't know what we're talking about. Joe I have no idea. I have no, no idea. idea, but I was right. just getting ready to tell you, like, look, man, if you want some stuff for the back wall, like, I, I get yeah. you some stuff to make, like, some of your guys kind of, like, put all their best stuff in the best and make it look like they're all Hall of Famers in the NFL. If you want to do right. that, man, we'll load you. <laughs> Wait, you know what I got for Jeff? I have a great picture of it was me, Joe Darlington, and Greg Likens from the Bangy Dangy Party. I think oh, I have yeah. a picture. We we can put that up in the background, right? I got now, what, I got one I'm with a couple with babes in it too. You want <laughs> we can put that one. I'm done with that after my, at the yeah. time, son, 22 years old, said, Dad, it's time you go home. Not her. Not, that was one of the <laughs> most right. hurtful things. I was telling my daughters the other day about that, and I said it was so hurtful well, that. The, what was so problematic with that is that you were the invited guest. It wasn't. It was a party for you. It was the Joe Rose, Bud Light Lime, Bangy Dangy. Right. Well, you you guys recruited. I know, but you guys invited all the girls, and somehow he and his buddies found out about all these hot babes are going to Darlington's house for this big party yeah. somewhere in Fort Lauderdale. And my kid looks over, and I'm sitting there talking to five or six girls in those beautiful, <laughs> beautiful outfits they were all in. And, uh, my son said, Dad, this is not, not cool. You need to go home. What your son didn't realize is without you, that party never happened. Nice. Like, it's one of those things that he'll, you, you come to realize when you're a little bit older that maybe my dad is the reason for my son. No, thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. But I don't think it was just the embarrassment of your father. You made Joe's weekend, Jeff. Well done by <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, but well thank done. you. Jeff. What a party. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Listen, one of the great all-time ones, man. No, no question about that. So what do you think about schedule? We got a little ESPN. Boy, did they go Tom Brady. Everybody had a crush on Tom Brady and the Bucks last night. What'd you think? For as excited as we can get about a schedule release, I don't get the most excited of anybody, I guess. But super pumped. The worst part of that is where I turned it off, is after they did it, they went through schedules and made those guys who were with them do win or loss. Oh. And I go, I'm yeah. out. That's it. So I'm bad. out. Like, the draft is rough enough. Like, right. we're trying to basically act like all these guys are going to be superstars, and then more than 50% will be out of the league within a couple of years. But the schedule, man, yeah, the schedule was a tough one but but i think um <laughs> i'm sorry i'm gonna really try hard here <laughs> i think i uh i don't know what this 
say, well, look, the Bucks got, I'm going to just state a fact right now, the Bucks got a lot of primetime games. Last year they only had one. This year they have five. Right. Uh, Tom Brady's I actually am very interested in seeing Tom Brady play for the Bucks. Like, I think that that is an intriguing storyline. So I get why, uh, why the primetime. And if you hate him, I guarantee you're still intrigued by watching yep. him, whether to well, succeed or to fail. Let, let me ask you this one. Let's get to the juicy one that you will have. Uh, I, I don't get you lose Tom Brady and whatever else they've lost. Where is it still the popularity? Like Belichick can't play. He can only coach that this team is still going to be good. Help me out. What am I missing with them getting ready to go with a guy that has the only experience he has is throwing a pick six against the Jets late in the game. What am I missing there? Like I I am intrigued to see what they, what the Patriots do. Not, I don't think to the point where I, I need to see him every night because here's the thing, like they're going to be a really boring team. That was whether Tom, was coming back or not like honestly if Tom Brady was on the Patriots this upcoming season is anybody really that I like that's what I think gives the juice to the Bucks right now is that it's like kind of fun to see what happens with them it is intriguing for the like the long the big picture long-term story to see how Belichick and Brady do on their own in their respective places I just think that like to your point Belichick coaches and quite honestly like I think he's going to want to have as boring of a team as possible this year. So from a week-to-week standpoint, I, like, I don't really feel like necessarily watching the Patriots. Maybe once if they reach the playoffs, it becomes intriguing. But but like Sunday Night Football, do we really want to watch the Patriots? I, right. I don't think that that's the case this year. Jeff, AFC East right now, since we're talking about the Patriots, are the Bills on paper? And we're only going on paper because we haven't seen any of these teams on the field. We haven't even seen them in the facilities yet. Forget about it on the field. Yeah. Uh, on paper, Bills best in the AFC East in your mind? Yeah, I think so. The Bills are really coming a long way the past couple of years, and if Josh Allen continues to, to improve and take the next steps, yeah, I would say that they are. That said, like I'm not willing yet, after all I just said about the Patriots being boring, I still I still think to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. They still deserve our respect. Like last year, they were still the best team in the AFC East, and that squad was a shell of what they they have seemingly been. I'm with you for sure. I think the Bills on paper are, are the best team in the AFC East, but I mean, for we've said it for 20 years, waiting for someone to take down the Patriots. So I can't just rip it away from them right away, but this does feel like a really prime year for, uh, obviously, I mean, that's the most obvious storyline in the world, that it's a prime year for somebody to take over the uh, the AFC East. Jeff, you know uh, from living down here, and and uh, I texted you yesterday, I just thought your uh, story about Coach Shula was, was like, I was going, man, yeah. that, that's one of the ones guys love to tell, and he loves to tell. Yeah. He loved that story about finding a way to bus guys getting up the elevator after curfew to find out who was late and who wasn't back then before they had all the security, team security for these uh, for these guys. Right. I just love the story that you told and it's been around it is definitely one of the best of all time yeah i, I it's funny because there's so many and when when he passed away this is a really grim thing to say as sports reporter but like you think about those things like you think about hey what happens when coach shula i mean everybody dies that's what happens right but but you never want to like go too far ahead you don't want to write an obituary about somebody before they passed away but with coach shula it was like the past several years with someone like that you kind of you know it's coming everybody knows it's coming, but uh, Kim Bocamper put it best. It's like when it's still when it happened, it was still like a sledgehammer to your chest. Like you're just no matter what, still somehow caught off guard by it. And I felt like the same way. I was like, once it happens, immediately you kind of have to go into this memorializing somebody mode. And and I was just 
just trying to think of some stories. Like, I mean, I'm, I've been around you guys for years, and when I'm around you, and I mentioned this on ESPN, when I'm around you and Kim and Marino and any of these guys just sitting back and listening to you guys tell stories about Shula, there's nothing better. When I've been to, like, dinner with you or any of the guys, it always comes back to Shula. It always does. You guys always wind up, and I'll, I just kind of sit back as a fly on the wall, you guys always wind up telling Shula stories, and you always wind up in this great laughter as a result of it. It's the thing that sort of, I feel like, strings all of you together. I mean, I, was, I just, I wish I could, could have thought of more of the stories that you guys have told, and, you know, half of them are not, definitely not, you can't say them on TV. Right. But, well, no, that but was, the, that was, yeah, that's a great point. Like, there's some great stories out there, but these guys, I had somebody call me and goes, hey, dude, I, I know you're getting ready to tell stories about Coach Shula, and I've heard that when you're on those private Saturday night deals and you get liquored up, you mention my story. Please don't tell it on the radio my new wife doesn't want to hear it and I get that so so I got it like three times from three different guys like look at my my new wife who I've been married to for a while now doesn't want to hear about what I did and my I had another guy right. my kids live in town so like I couldn't tell like there's you were getting ready to tell stories about the undefeated team they actually got the best stories of all the alligator story is fantastic yeah. Manny and Zonk well, and, thought, and that thought, story uh, Bo Camper Bo Camper told me a good one the other day that was definitely like usable and showed kind of was just crazy toughness but he was telling me the story about how when they were at St. Thomas Aquinas how the trees like lined the back of the facility and they had this fence and that was back when like 120 guys would be out of camp because you didn't really have the same roster caps that you have now so you knew that half the half the roster was getting cut they weren't making it it was like a tryout so this one guy I guess sleeps in and practice is going on and this guy's trying to get from the dorm to the practice field without Shula seeing him so he goes like around the wood line and he comes kind of like back around the back side of the practice field where the practice is going on. He goes through the trees, hops over this fence, and tries to like sneak his way into the huddle. And he gets into the huddle, and he go, there's like three downs. Like he's gone through like three different plays, and he's sitting there feeling himself like, man, I got away with this. Shula didn't see me sneak into this huddle. And after like the fourth play when there was a new series, Shula shots over to him like, uh, let's call him John. Hey, Johnny, don't think I didn't see you. And don't think you are not cut right now. So, so, so Shula cuts him on the spot. So Johnny starts walking toward, across the field toward the locker room. And Shula goes, no, no, no. You're coming. You're you're leaving the same way you came, and he makes him jump over the fence. There's so many great stories. Those truck driver, by the way, I, they used to call them the truck driver tryouts, and and that's yeah, when anybody he had it. They just anybody could come, and you got guys from from the, mostly the gyms back in the steroid days. The guys from the gym that used to say, "I know I can do better than that guy," and they show up, and they've never played. Guys that only played like one year of high school show up. Then all the truck drivers come in their big semi like, I got a couple hours before I have to deliver this load. Yeah. So they, they'd all show up and they got cut like as soon as they did something badly or they he goes, you're out. Some of those guys start getting pissed off. Like, what do you mean? And they confronted coaches. So Coach Shula stopped doing it. But he used to, he never signed anybody. There'd be 200 guys out there for the truck driver tryout. <laughs> That's amazing. And nobody, awesome. like, nobody made the team like, like Coach, why did you have this? He thought he was going to find like some semi-pro guy that was like, yeah. still play. <laughs> Fun to watch, though, man. It was crazy, crazy Wait, days. you would appreciate the other day. It was two days ago, I believe. We had Stu Weinstein.
being on here telling stories. Right. Like, yeah. you, you know Stu, so you'd appreciate this. He was telling stories on here. He went to like three or four different stories and the Alfred uh, Oglesby story about how, you know, he said he was abducted and then he was here and he was in the every... Stu's stories he tells, I mean, we, we're oh, trying to bait him into writing a book, dude. right? Well, that, that's the problem with, again, it's the problem though, is that like, like yeah. Stu has to wait till everybody dies before he can yeah, write the book. Like, right, he's got to beat right. out everybody because you can't, it's hard to tell the story without, <laughs> without <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's a bummer, man. The stories, yeah. the, like, I wish that people could hear the stories you guys tell. Like, and I know you can't, you just can't. Just for the listeners to understand, these stories are like just absolutely epic. So it, he was aware of everything so going on. I have learned through the years, he was aware of every nightclub. Coach Hulu was one of the oh most aware God. head coaches living here in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, like a radio station. He, he knew well, everything that was, that was, he, he was going so, on. He was so meticulous. And that was the other thing Kim was telling me. I don't want to go too long here, but the other thing Kim was telling me was like, it wasn't like Shula was like a great game day coach because he was too berserk. Like, he would go too crazy. Like, one one uh, preseason game, the ref was, was uh, like, flagged him for something. Shula was going absolutely nuts. It's a preseason game. And the, the ref turns to him and says, Coach, it was just a five yard penalty it's a preseason game and Shula just screams out in the top of his lungs five yards is my life but like that was the thing like he was such a crazy guy that he couldn't focus on game day all of his success was about the preparation and the detail being neurotic so he knew everything that was going on with everybody and like Kim was telling me that one time there was like a game at the Hoosier Dome and they had like the four buses ready to go it was right outside the hotel was directly across the street from Hoosier Dome like you just walk across the street like 20 yards. He's got the four buses out front, Shula does, and everybody gets up and they see the dome there and they're like, well, what the hell? Let's just walk across the street. So everybody just walks across the street, but Shula comes down Harvey Green's the only one in the bus because, of course, he's got to do whatever Shul says. Takes his jacket off. He hangs his jacket. He takes his seat at the front of the bus. He makes the bus drive diagonal across the street with the four other buses. Nobody else is on him. Just Shula to go 20 yards. And he gets, he takes his jacket. He puts it back on. He walks up. But that was Shula. Like, he was so meticulous about the details. That was what I think was one of the things that made him so great. He knew everything about everything. I'll tell you, you hit it too, man. He had everybody prepared. You're, you're, you're right on the money about all that stuff. Stuff that uh, that stories and he had a routine he had a way of doing it getting you prepared and then sitting back yeah. and no excuses for middle mistakes and and uh, always had it's you so ready funny, to Joe, go you guys also talk about him like it was hard man like he was a tough dude and in in the later years the years that i got to know him like after 2005 really so the past like 15 years first time i met him he was like a soft cuddly grandfather it was like almost like that militant father who kind of gets older and just sort of becomes mush yeah. He was so nice and sweet and kind in, in the later years. So when I used to, when I get to hear you guys tell stories, it's like, man, that guy. I think he made peace with just about everybody that that he had issues with. Me, yeah. Even uh, who was the last one? Wasn't it Jake was it Scott? Dick? No, Jake, Jake Scott. Scott was yeah. Jake. Right. He was good with guy Mark Clayton. Jake yeah, Scott was finally at what? What was that? The uh, 50th anniversary or something? Now they, more Jim Mandich got those got guys together, back yeah. together. Because Jake it came was... back. Because I got I, I know that because I got hammered. Him and uh, Dick Scott bar at the Turnberry one night at that 50th anniversary. <laughs> Jake, you have you puking, yeah. man. Jake's legendary. Oh, I, See I, now, I Jake's stories. 
Jake was, I, I saw Jake do stuff in nightclubs, and, and I, I used to just go, I know this is the wild 80s, but whoever that guy is, they, that's Jake Scott, bro. He does that stuff. A girl smacked him, and, and I was looking at stuff he was doing going. Well, that was back I'm, when uh, Federal, what was it? One of you guys told me a story about on Federal. One guy's driving his like Lamborghini down the wrong side of the road, like 120 miles per hour. The cop pulls oh, him over yeah. and ends up just driving him, just escorts him back to the club. Joe, is that Mr. Laughs? That's a Mr. Laughs story, isn't that, Mr. right? They used to bring him back to Mr. Laughs, and, right. and uh, the police officer would come in and hand the keys to one of the sober players or their wife and go, <laughs> can you get him home? Because if not, we got to arrest him. He was just flying down the wrong side of the road, man. And we're laughing now because the police officers do that now. They all lose their jobs. Right, and got right. Internal oh, yeah. investigation. And by the way, they, they probably should. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to, but uh, yeah, this is the days, man. It must have been nice being the only team in town back then. The, uh, the Dolphins. It's not about the being the only players. team in town. It's, it's it's about being a good team, by the way. Because right, if you're right. losing, you ain't getting the escort. I tell oh, you that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. By the way, that is that is a great point. That uh, that that's a, a real good one. But but you're right. But see, so like I, I I always wonder now. So we lose Coach Shula. Can we tell more stories, or do we still have to be sent? Like I don't know. Like, that that was the, that guys. was what I was thinking about the other day too. Because you want to make sure you really. Uh, I think I think some time will pass, and when you guys right. get together, right. when when this whole coronavirus thing is over, you guys get together for some kind of memorial and everybody flies in that is going to be one hell of a party like that's going to be something special yeah. i'm gonna sneak I my just, way into that thing i just want to know when we can tell all the stories on the radio <laughs> without losing my man card or breaking the rules or stuff like dude you know he's still close to his ex-wife his kids are real close yeah. to their, their mother what you said was wrong Jeff, this has got the making of an uncensored podcast, right? This is what this has got his name. This yeah, is what yeah, this smells to like. Point, to Joe's point, it's like, I don't know, some things, like as a reporter, this is horrible to say, but some things kind of just deserve to be like right. lore. I agree with that, but if there's a Shula story, I'm definitely listening. And I'm always listening to the Dan Levitard Show weekdays from 10 to 1 here on 560 to Joe. We're going to hear from them in just about five minutes. A little bit something like this. I said I'm God, that I believe I am God, when I've never said nothing like this. This guy's like a dirty politician. You know, he'll say whatever he can to create a buzz. Jorge Masvidal always got something to say. And it's a feel-good Friday, so going to make you feel good, man, in just a couple of minutes here on the Best of the Joe Show. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on Twitter at Dan Day Radio and making you feel good on a feel good Friday with some good vibes from the crown prince of reggae, Dennis Brown. Money in my pocket. Money in my pocket, but I just can't get no love, especially with that coronavirus going around. Stay safe. One day you will have more money in your pocket. And the love will abound. Gotta love the Dan Levitard show, especially when they talk to Miami's own Jorge Masvidal. He is one bad mother. Shut your mouth. What's he talking about with Dan and the guys? Well, when's he going to fight again? He also says a paycheck, a few training days, then give me McGregor. Also, he's got Stugat's training. And, of course, Jorge just being Jorge 
talking that smack. Thank you, as always, Jorge, <laughs> for making the time. I uh, hope you're uh, feeling well. We've only, it feels like we've known you for a long time, and it feels like you've only fought once in all that time since we've known you. And Jorge, we <laughs> want you to fight. When are you going to fight, man? That's the same question I got in my head, you know, but um, we all know. First, let me say, what's up, guys, man? Miss you guys, man. How you guys been? Uh, good. Thank you for asking. Good, we man. are yeah. uh, we are continuing to work. Uh, thank you for asking. I'm glad, man. Somebody, somebody's got to be brave. <laughs> well, well yeah, they're doing it tomorrow night. UFC is doing it. You must be excited about that portion of it. But before we get to that, I, I, I re- we are excited about seeing you fight. When do we get to see you fight? I'm hoping it's in July. You know, everything that I'm hearing, it, we, we should be in july but then i hear dana say something different then uh, a matchmaker might say something different behind closed doors so there's a lot of moving components so i i don't want to say anything and mislead you guys or the fans or anybody listening about a possible due date because it, it, it's just not uh it, it, it's a lot of craziness going around you know so i don't i don't know it's it's tough to tell in these particular times you know what i'm hearing is july if i could give any right. faith to a particular date it'll be july all right champ it seems like they're ducking us i mean you get the same feeling whether it's yeah. Is that Stewie? Yep. What's up, man? How are you, man? Good, my brother. I miss you. I love you. But it feels like they're ducking <laughs> us. You agree, right? Hell yeah, they are. They know exactly. what's going to happen. I'm going in the barbaric style and doing things that, that are not going to be healthy to my opponent. Well, Dana White just got uh, done saying, explain this to us, Jorge. Dana White just got done saying something that I didn't think he was interested in. He said you were too big for Conor McGregor, but he just floated the idea that he's trying to set up you and McGregor. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of craziness going on, and I get it. The times are crazy, so therefore... You know, the the circumstances are a little different. I'm, I'm just here training. That's all I could do as a competitor. Uh, all I could do is just train as much as I can. Uh, a lot of it was quarantined off. Took the words of Mr. President Trump very seriously. And I try to quarantine as much, not just for myself, but I have my father, which is older, you know. So I, I did as much of that as I could. But in that, I, I stayed in great shape. I ran a lot. I was able to do a lot of things that, that, that keep me in shape, minus having uh, 10 members of the gym going with me every day, you know. So it, without that, I, I did as much as I could stay in the shape, swimming and things like this. So I, I just been preparing for whatever happens. You know, I'm really not. Uh, I'm not set on anything. If it's Connor, awesome. If it's the other dude, awesome. Whoever it is, just give me give me a good paycheck, and uh, in a couple of days they get ready for it, and, and we'll be set. Percentage of chance, according to Jorge Masvidal, just a guess. We we're we're understanding that you're guessing. Percentage of chance that you believe your next fight will be against Conor McGregor. D- different circumstances, I have a complete different answer. But look at all the possibilities that have to take place. We have to get the fight island, then we have to be able to travel to this fight island. All these events leading up to that event have to go good. Nobody can, no, nothing uh, can go wrong. You know, people can't. Uh, the pandemic can't get worse. I think be, before it even goes into sport. It's more on a, on a lot of fronts. I hear like we're beating the crap out of this corona, and then on other parts, I, I hear like uh, well, the battle's really bad. You know, we're losing it. So I I don't know what they're saying. I think it's directly tied to that, really. If it's up to me, if it was regular circumstances, I'd say the chances would be like twenty, thirty percent, and it'd be more leaning towards the other guy that I can't stand. All right, champ, how are we gonna do this? Because pandemic, quarantine, I'm supposed my hair has never been longer, so I can uh, you know I'm growing up cornrows. So I can walk you, uh, walk you into the octagon. How, I'm being serious. Mike Ryan will not allow me to cut my hair. So I am wondering, do you, Abraham, do you guys think you'll be able to get approval for me to join you, uh, to walk you into the octagon for whatever the next fight is going to be? 
because we all know that you and I, we're in this together, man. All right? This is me and you, and we're undefeated, and so I need to be walking you in. Do you think you'll get approval on we need, we need to, We need to get you the custom mouthpiece first. Right. You never know what's going to happen in these walkouts. Some angry fan, some radical extremist that's against what we believe in might just attack us. You got to be ready for this, too. I'm ready. You ready? Well, yeah. I got you're gonna have to listen. I'm gonna say this on the on air so it becomes public knowledge and everybody knows. You're gonna have to train with me a couple times leading up to this. Like going to the gym, do like a one hour and a half session of actual training. Not that you're gonna be sparring guys and getting beat up, but actually knowing the fundamentals and how to defend yourself and how to inflict damage just in case we need to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I yes. got you. I, yes. I, that that is exactly right. Uh, are you doing this with Usman on purpose, where you're not saying his name? Are you not mentioning his name now? I, I usually, when, when I don't like individuals, I don't mention the name. Period. You know, I I, I don't feel that uh, fans and listeners that are listening to you and to me right now, they don't know this individual, so I'm not going to mention his name and make him known or nothing like that. And that's usually with somebody that I don't really like too much. You know, if, if I respect the individual, maybe we don't see eye to eye on some things, but I respect him. It's different. I'll mention the name. But this guy, I don't think uh, nobody needs to know his name anyways. He's going to be a dead body soon. Why uh, Why do you not respect him? He, he said a lot of offensive things from the start, from the very beginning, that I just felt were uncalled for. That you don't need to do that to sell it to a fight. He's also said in the past that I, that I had ducked him before when um, that was his first like kind of insult at me when I hadn't fought anybody in a year I took a, a year off that's when I went on the reality show and stuff so during that time he decided to campaign and, and get his name out there by attacking me and saying that I ducked him in a fight and it's somewhere there on Twitter and I thought well that's a lie you know and that's calling me a coward and you don't do that but I didn't take uh, much offense to it I just said some things like you know that's a lie and blah 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 but as it escalated he's always just crossing lines you know talking well, about religion he said he's, he's saying he's telling people he's out of his mouth I said I'm God that I believe I am God when I've never said nothing like this. This guy's like a, a dirty politician. You know, he'll say whatever he can to create a buzz. So those individuals, I don't like them in my sport. I feel like young kids see that and think they're going to come into the sport and, and maybe have to do things of that tactic to, to get notoriety, to get your name out there. You have to be saying outlandish things to your opponents always. No, you don't always have to, you know. It's fake beefs that he always tries to create. I, I literally can't wait to break it. That's, that's what I can tell you. Uh, also, another guy whose face you want to break, this is Colby Covington. We've talked to him about him before. This is what he's saying now. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Quote, journeyman Jorge Masvidal. They are all calling him Street Jesus, but it should be Street Judas. He is a little Miami thug. He thinks he is tougher than he is. If you look at the record and we look at the truth, that's what real news is all about. Looking and breaking down statistics and numbers. Numbers don't lie. You look at his record. He's 5-5 five and five in his last 10 fights. He's 3-2 and two in his last 5 fights. He has lost 15 fights overall. He was getting knocked out by little lightweights 10 years ago that people don't even know. Uh, what do you think about Colby Covington again trying to go at you? Uh, you guys used to be friends. I don't think me and Colby have ever agreed more on a subject. I think numbers don't lie. And if we're going to go based off that statistic, I've never been finished in the UFC. This little, I can't say it on the radio show, has twice. He's been finished by Usman, got his jaw broken, ran out of the ring, and in another fight, he tapped for his life. In all of my fights, I've never been knocked out. In all of my fights, I've never tapped. I've never touched the guy and had to tell him, please let me go because it's too much for me. Never in my whole career, and mind you, I got three times the fights that he has. So finally, me and him, me and this individual agree on something. Numbers don't lie. I have 10 knockouts as it stands, and this individual has maybe like 15, 16 wins. 
overall, counting all his wins, the missions, crotch sniffing so, so the guys just got super bored and, and nobody was watching no more. So he's right. Numbers don't lie. Somebody that I don't entertain too much. I'm I'm going for the top of the mountain. If he was at the top of the mountain, his head would be next to the capitate. But this guy, I'm just going to let life deal with him. He's going to be flooded out pretty soon. He's going to lose his next fight. And he's going to end up in Tinos and Mikasuki fighting for them, you know. Hopefully he can make a, a living off those casinos because at this level, he's not, he's not going to keep it up at this level. A Mikasuki mentioned by Jorge Masvidal. That is professional trash talking right there by a professional MMA fighter. Can't wait for him to get back in the ring and hurt somebody. It always hurts your sides from laughing with the Hawk and Crowder show. We're going to hear from them in about five minutes. A little bit of this. Oh, this is Mike Glenn and something else. He keeps getting jobs. That's unbelievable. Goodness. Bro, I told you, man. I wish I knew learn how to throw a ball when I was a kid because – That and we're going to talk about the Dolphins' schedule next, the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. If you have any questions, comments, or requests on this feel-good Friday, making you feel good at least one more time because we're going into the weekend. Some reggae music from Chronics. This is Smile Jamaica. Doesn't that just make you feel good? Reggae music leading you into the weekend. Here you go. Something else that'll make you feel real good. The Hawk and Crowder Show always smiles. Got your sports. We're basically your afternoon family here on 560 The Joe from 3 to 6 weekdays talking about Mike Glennon, how NFL schedules and how it's going to play out for the Dolphins, plus the Blue Angels. Blue Angels. Hi. Hey. Hello. (laughs) Just wanted to start the show that way today and see if it evoked a new reaction from everybody. Hi. It was pleasant. I enjoyed it. And that, that's all I had, though. That's all the prep I did. What's up? Hi. Bated breath on the quarterback situation news, and it has just uh, come in an hour or so ago. The Jaguars are adding Mike Glennon to the roster, so now they've got the guy behind Gardner Minshew that, uh, you know, will add some stability to the locker room. Oh, this is Mike Glennon, something else. He keeps getting jobs. That's unbelievable. Goodness. I told you, man, I wish I knew learn how to throw a ball when I was a kid because, boy, you can steal money at quarterback. Mike Glennon, how about that? The big news, obviously, the uh, NFL schedule was released last night. Yeah. Uh, I have the Dolphins going 16-0. and I looked what? it over. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident in my uh, in my prediction. Here's what I don't get. I'm being uh, a couple things that I really don't get that jumped out of me. Dolphins only have one primetime game. That that leads me to believe that the league doesn't think Tua Tagovailoa is going to play. Because if Tua was going to play, I'm telling you, they'd have more than one primetime game. It's a Thursday night game in Jacksonville. I'm very surprised that there's one primetime game only for the Dolphins and it's a Thursday night in Jacksonville. And isn't it week three? Yep. Four, three, yeah. I, I would have thought they would have put Dolphins on primetime later in the year anticipating two plays yes. in the second yep. half of the season. I was I was 
puzzled by that. Now, you can always flex a game into primetime later in the season. I'm sure that's what the thought is, but I, w- I was a little surprised by that. What I am most shocked by, week one, they're in New England, and the Dolphins are six-point underdog in New England. And I, I like, tell me why I shouldn't put $5,000 right now on the Dolphins plus six. Because their entire offensive line is going to be puppies and even Ted Karras, he has to work with young guys now. We're excited about the talent, Hawk, but let them develop a little bit before you start. But New England's not any good. New England's not any good. Hawk, their defense is still dominant. Now, I don't believe in Jared Stidham. I'm with you, but their defense is still going to be very, very good. And we've added a bunch of New England Patriots. We beat New England the final week of last season when New England needed that win. Like, I I think Brian Flores has Bill Belichick's number. I think they've added some key players, whether it's Fitzpatrick or Tua Tonga-Valoa. I just think that the Dolphins are a better team than New England. I want to put $5,000 on the Patriots. I don't know, Hawk. Week seven, week six, I'm with you. Week one? Yes. We, have, we haven't even seen them. We haven't seen what they do and the continuity, the adjustments. The Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has his receivers, but like I, I just brought up, that protection, the O-line, Robert Hunt, and and um the young guy from Georgia, his name slips my mind. Like I'm more into... I, 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 I want to see him play a little bit before I start putting big money Yeah, on. I'm more into them at the beginning of the season than I am at the end of the season. I think, and and I, I, like, I look now at a New England game as one of the winnable games like there's some tough t- tough games on that dolphin schedule i look at new england as one of the winnable games and six points like it, you know you tell me that it's three points then I, I'm, but six points yeah i don't get it man i do not get it that is it's, all new england reputation nothing more than that yes it's the reputation and then honestly the continuity too because they're they're they they lost you know like i said they're often oh, i don't believe in their office like i think this game's gonna be a 17 13 game something right. like that like i don't think it's gonna be a score score fest because it's stidham versus fitzpatrick and there's but, gonna probably be very little practice but just knowing just knowing like um we talked to Ben Volan after Brady left he wrote that article speaking of the Belichick factor I think I'm still I'm still buying into the Belichick factor a little bit I have to I have to see it not to believe it I guess I'm saying that yeah I'm ready to put my money where my mouth is on that one plus I have them going 16 and 0 which means I really want to take the money line (laughs) now that I think about it (laughs) if it's gonna happen the way I see it happening I gotta I gotta bet the money line on that put put 50 grand on that game and leave the 16 and 0 alone <laughs> just just some friendly advice. So we've got the uh, the schedule release to talk about today. There's really, we have some fun stuff on the docket today. I don't want to blow it all. Did you see the uh, the Blue Angels fly by where you were in Davie? Yes, we sat outside for 30 minutes waiting for them planes to go by the house. And they came pretty close. My kids were jacked up. I was going to say, did you get like a good view? Yeah, yeah, we got a real good view. When they looped back cool. around from Homestead and came back yeah. up, they came, they came, I don't know. You, you don't, you can't tell with that distance, but they were a couple hundred yards away from the house. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. We had, uh, for those of you listening online or on the app or whatnot, in South Florida today, U.S. Navy uh, Blue Angels did a, uh, a flyby of several different hospitals in South Florida. So it started up in Jacksonville, but then it, it started in Boca, 1 o'clock, and then, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, down to uh, Homestead, 113, and then looped back around to head up north again. And uh, we both got a little glimpse of that, so that was pretty cool. Uh, let's get headlines here with Alejandro Solana. The NFL schedule was released as we've been talking about some headlines or some highlight from the NFL schedule outside of the Miami Dolphins. Texans at Chiefs September 10th to open the season. It's a Thursday night. All right. Tampa Bay 
and Tom Brady. Week one, they'll be in New Orleans to face the Saints. The Saints are favored by six and a half points at home. Have an unbelievable statistic about that. Let me find this. Hold on. Will y'all hate me? Will y'all hate me if I'm cheering for Tom now that he's a Buccaneer? I find myself rooting for him in some weird way, right? Like I didn't like I just and I know you like Tampa, so it makes sense for you. But I find myself rooting for him in some weird way. And I feel funny because he he stole everybody's heart down here because they ran a division AFC East for 20 years. He stole my heart. I was out there getting my, you know, getting embarrassed right. physically on the field by him for years. I don't know. It just, uh, the hate left. As soon as he left, I think I hate New England more than I hate Tom Brady. I think I figured that out. By the way, when someone steals your heart, it's a good thing. If someone steals your soul, it's a bad oh, okay. thing. They steal <laughs> your heart. You, you've fallen in love with them. So he was, think, he was. I think it was both because I kind of appreciated the greatness, <laughs> even though I was out there. Like, damn, this guy's good. So you listen bastard. to this. Solana, uh, you said they're going to be underdogs, right? Right. Tom Brady. His streak as a favorite. Let me look at this. It was it was on ESPN.com. I saw this as well. And yeah, it's Tom really Brady confusing. and the Buccaneers, six and a half point underdogs, week one. Brady has been favored when he is starting in the NFL. This is staggering. Brady has been the favorite his past seventy four regular season starts. He's the the Patriots have been the favorite in seventy four straight games when he has started. So oh games goodness. that he missed, obviously they were not. But in games that he started, they were favorites. So he was a favorite. Yeah. In the past seventy four regular season starts, the owner of the next longest streak is Drew Brees with nine. Bro, that's like five seasons, isn't it? I mean, that's unbelievably <laughs> staggering. That that like that is why I feel this relief of why I want to bet against New England. Like we have lived under this guy's thumb for so long. Think about it. The guy, the quarterback in our division, they were never an underdog when he was the quarterback in seventy-four straight games. Yeah, but wouldn't that but wouldn't that thing of just kind of like what we were talking about a second ago, Hawk? Where Drew Brees. Nope. Drew Brees is playing under Sean Payton's offense. He's mastered. They won a Super Bowl together. And Tom Brady's walking into a brand new offense, brand new weapons. He has to figure out Mike Evans, figure out, you know, Gronk's there to give him that comfort level. But Chris Godwin, his running backs, or Jones, like he doesn't know those guys. Like 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 um Brees knows Michael Thomas and Brees Absolutely. knows all his weapons. That's why I think both I think it'll be a learning curve, just like I'm speaking about with the Dolphins and, and their new team with Tom Brady and his new team. Right, but what I'm saying is with New England, when the Dolphins are playing New England, it's that same game, say, but uh, it's it's uh, Taysom Hill starting for the Saints. It's a, it's a little different. Because that's the drop-off, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the drop-off yeah. from Brady to Stidham. I guess... I'll put it this way. The Patriots have to, they have a brand new team. Post Tom Brady, this is it. This is going to be a new team. And I, I believe they're going to look different offensively. You have, you can't run the same, obviously the same offense you ran with Brady with Stidham. He doesn't have that ability. Brian Flores has a new team too. So if you give Brian Flores a brand well, new team and I, I Bill mean, Belichick a brand new team, Hawk, I would go with Belichick figuring it out before Flores. And I love Brian Flores, but I think Bill Belichick's a better coach. I think on the offense, uh, Brian Flores has more of the, more of the 
components that he's used to, right? Let's assume it's Ryan Fitzpatrick that starts. Yeah. Right? He's got Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker, who seem to be a pretty good one-two punch. They've got this new running back. I forget what his name is, but they've got a new running back, but that's um, obviously Jordan an Howard. They have Matt Breida. They brought in Breida and Howard, yeah, two, two veteran, very, very yeah. productive back. Bolstered their offensive line, and, and I thought they were okay last season, you know, with uh, – with a weak offensive line. I don't know. This, I I the like Bills, the Dolphins this, plus six. If these were the Bills, if this was the Jets, if this was the Jags, if it, if it wasn't Belichick with those headphones on on the sideline with that ugly ass sweater on, I feel you what you're saying, Hawk. I just feel yep. as if Belichick's going to figure this thing out before everybody else can. I do not. Seems like we've got a long way to go to that and a whole lot of things to get through, but we will, I promise you, eventually get to the NFL football season. That's Hawk and Crowder. You can download the podcast for this show, their show, or any shows, wqam.com, wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free, or the radio.com app. Before we go this week, of course, it started off with the passing of the great late Don Shula. One of his former players, Dick Anderson, recently had this to say about the great coach. I was wondering, do you think that Don Shula had either a resentment towards Bill Belichick and the Patriots because it appeared that they had cheated, or maybe the Steelers or the the Raiders teams that you guys battled against that had maybe pressed the rules and pushed the envelope? Or was that just a general feeling that he wanted to do the, the things the right way? Or was that specific to other teams that he felt didn't do things the right way? I think the, the latter, and, and, I, and, and I kind of laughed because, yeah, he, uh, he called the Belichick Belichick. But, no, he was, he was um, you know, straightforward. He was, this is how we got to do it, and these are the rules, and this is what we're going to follow. And so, you know, he just, he uh, didn't like, I think, the, um, you know, people that, that didn't follow the rules. And he did. He was a man, that, we kind of laugh about it, but he'd go to mass every morning on the way to practice. And then he'd yell at us the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the two sides of Don Shula. Two sides of Don Shula. <laughs> R.I.P. Don Shula. That'll do it. I am Dan Day, and this is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.